I am looking for sponsors for the show. So if you are a business and you like what I'm doing and you want to get your name out there on one of my ads in a sponsorship slot, reach out nhbusinessshow at gmail.com and we will talk about if you fit into our model and we'll go from there. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Answer Business Show. My name is Chris Pastrana, and today I'm here with Jim Franklin of James E. Franklin, LLC. How's it going? Fine, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So let's get a little bit of history on you, like where, how long you've been, you know, surveying, what do you do, all that stuff. I uh, started, I date myself on this, but I started in 1964. Yeah. Was a friend in high school said, I know someone who's looking for some part-time help weekends. Mm-hmm. So I went down and I applied. I don't think either one of us were expected very much of each other. I was just looking for a job, and he was, oh, no, another high school student. Yeah. And um, that was 1964. Yeah. And um, I was very fortunate. After that, I went three years in the Army, mm-hmm. got out, and went right back to surveying. Yeah. So that's, that's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, you've been surveying, we said 1964? Yes. And then, well, three years army, and then the yep. rest of it. So, it's a good, it's a good time. <laughs> it was, yes, yeah, yeah. Raise a family is enough. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about your business. So you're a surveyor. Uh, so tell me a little bit of what they do. As a Land surveying uh, could fall into different categories. If you like construction work, there's construction surveying. There's uh, if you want to work in the uh, pipeline industry, you can pipeline surveyors. Uh, high-rise, utilities, about every type of um, positioning of improvements needs a surveyor of some type. Mm. Um, I prefer to work in boundaries, land boundaries, but I have worked construction, and um, it's just a, it's an enjoyable, enjoyable profession for me. Yeah. So, so you, you do land boundaries, you said? Land boundaries, yeah. That's what I prefer to do. Uh, subdivisions, site plans, shore land permits, um, anything that has something to do with the land. Yeah. Yeah. I do very little um, engineering layout type work. You know, like uh, you see the construction going on in Bedford here. Yeah. I prefer not to do that type of work. <laughs> I did it for a while, but I prefer not to. Well, I just uh, a lot more to it or just... Um, I just don't find it as enjoyable. Right. You know, uh, boundary surveys, we're usually in the woods. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we survey house lots within uh, existing subdivisions, and that's all fine. Yeah. Huh, that's pretty cool. So why surveying? Because you said, you know, you said you liked it. Um, then you got the Army and came back to it. So, you know, at what point were you like, this is what I'm going to do? Oh, uh, that's my That's the easy thing. part. That's the easy part. I got out, I got out of the service. In uh, the uh, summer of 1969, and like anybody, I needed a job, so I went yeah. through the yellow pages. I said I like surveying, so I went through the yellow pages, called every surveyor that was um, within a 30-mile radius. Mm-hmm. One guy was uh, nice enough to hire me. It was a rather large company, and um, it was it was just something I like to do. Yeah, I I find very little that I don't like to do. Yeah. That yeah, that's where I started. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, at what point did you decide to go from just uh, working with someone else to starting your own business? <laughs> Excuse me. It was um, 
I had a number of jobs, mm -hmm. a number of jobs. Um, I would venture to say probably 15 jobs over a course of 20 years. Yeah. And um, sometimes I didn't get along with the boss very well. <laughs> uh, I have one, one that I, I often talk about, not by name, but just by situation. He'd ask me what time it is, and I'd ask him what time zone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was just a jerk at times. And one day he <laughs> said, that's enough of that. So I went out on my own. Yeah. Yeah, that was 1993. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. A little closer. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So what was that like, you know, working for someone else for so long and then stepping out on your own? I mean, you had pretty good experience at that point, but oh, was, I it, did. was it pretty easy to step out and do your own thing from then? It's just a matter of determination. Yeah. Um, I borrowed some money, bought some equipment, and then started reading newspapers, listening to ads, anything I could think of that would provide me someone's name and telephone number that I could contact and ask them, do you need a land surveyor? Mm -hmm. And um, it's just one job after another. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I haven't done any advertising until recently I put a, you know, I have a web page and I have um, a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. But other than that, just really no advertising. It's word of mouth. Yeah. And how's, that must be going pretty well then. I mean, you seem to be doing well, I assume, so. Well, it, it <laughs> depends. Yeah, there are, there are, there are many surveyors, mm -hmm. uh, like myself, who are sole proprietors. And there are some that are, um, have many employees. And it just depends if you'd like to concentrate on the work aspects, the, the profession, or you'd like to concentrate on the business aspect of making money. Yeah. And um, so they, they range in size. Companies range in size. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> I like when people start their own businesses. Cause it's like a whole nother world of, oh, you're not just doing the job. Then you're like, oh, you got to find the jobs too and just... It, it's pretty interesting. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it can be. It can be. Um, I have, I used to read the uh, Sunday papers mm -hmm. and the uh, the classified sections. And there would be people there that had uh, land for sale. Mm -hmm. So I would call them or write to them and say, I'm a surveyor. And if you need someone, please contact me. Um, I did a timber, timber trespass. It's when uh, someone cuts trees down that are not their own okay. property. Yeah. And the realtor contacted me and says, I think we have a situation where someone cuts down some trees on property that didn't belong to them. So we went out and we surveyed the boundary and then we surveyed the location of each tree and made a map and gave it to our client. Yeah. Hmm. So that's one of the, that was one of the earlier jobs that I did on my own. Yeah. <laughs> I like that because land disputes are pretty common oh very common, common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so that was uh I mean, not lucrative so much as like a, a service people don't realize they could actually use until like they're way in the middle of a dispute <laughs> well that's usually the case that's usually yeah. the case yeah and it's um it, it can be anything any type of boundary dispute property line dispute driveways uh being over on someone else's property the um very seldom do we have, have I found that uh, buildings are on the wrong property, but it does happen on occasion. Really? Yeah. Yep. There's, um, 
I would suspect that if you search on Google for um, land boundary disputes involving buildings, you'd find quite a few of them. Hmm. Um, and it's usually because someone thinks they know where their boundaries are. Yeah. Rather than hire a surveyor, they say, "Well, I don't need to sing. I don't need a stinking surveyor. I can do this on my own." Yeah. And they stake a location of a proposed building. They start building it, and then someone comes out of the woodwork and says, "You know, I think your building is on my property," hmm. and that's where the problems start. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, I can only imagine how fun that would be. You know, it's like, oh, you didn't cut down one of my trees. It's like, no, you built a house on my property. Yeah, no, it's not fun at all. <laughs> yeah. It is not fun. And usually the uh, the neighbors, um, very often it's, it's you know, single-family neighborhoods Yeah, where people are neighbors and all of a sudden something happens and it sets off a, a firestorm. Mm. And I always, I always tell my client, I said, just, just don't argue, don't argue, don't go out there and stomp and throw things, make comments. Just sit back and wait for the results to come in, yeah. and then if it's necessary, you can go um, hire an attorney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. So let's talk a little bit about the some of the equipment you use because that's pretty cool. I've seen some of them. You always see it on the side of the road with all oh. the all little stuff like. It's only us old timers that can that can really appreciate the advancement in survey equipment. Yeah. Um, in, in 1969, we did not have any electronic equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, measurements were made with a steel tape or a cloth tape, depending upon how um, precise the measurements had to be, and sometimes they were uh, made just by a rough approximation. You could do so by pacing. If you were, um, we wanted to draw a map of someone's 100 acres, you could pace around it using a compass yeah. and draw a rough map of it. Yeah. And um, from that, it has uh, progressed. I would say quite rapidly. We've yeah. gone from we've gone like 19, I'd say 1970 as a as a point till 1984. We started to use electronic measurement equipment. So just with a push of a button, you can measure thousand feet sure. rather than having to and and rather than having to use a steel tape to be precise. Yeah. And now they have uh, progressed to the point where they have a camera where you can scan a physical feature and draw a map from all the points that it, the camera has seen. Wow. And it's, it's um, I don't use that technology, not at all. <laughs> that you can't, you can't take the camera, the scanner out into the woods and try to find property corners. Yeah. But if you wanted to find um, a building, you wanted to be able to map a building, mm-hmm. you could use one of these electronic scanners. If you wanted to um, map a piping inside of a water treatment plant, you could use this scanner. Hmm. And it, it uploads, um, everything goes to what they call the cloud, yeah. and it comes up onto the screen, and they have this thousands of pixels that you can actually measure. So it saves a lot of time for that type of work. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Because <laughs> just kind of thinking of the span of something you would need a surveyor for and then you know actually trying to get out there and measure things like yeah that would be a lot of work if you didn't have some of that new tech 
But I've always because I've always been curious because I was in the army too. So like you know topographic maps. Yeah. I was always curious how they, you know, make those things. So it's kind of it's kind of funny. Well, the top- <laughs> topographic maps they're amazing. Yeah. They are amazing. They um, um, I'm gonna say it was World War One when they with flying mm-hmm. when they started taking pictures. Yeah. From the aircraft, and then they would bring them back in, and people would draw maps from them. Yeah. And then that progressed into the um, aerial mapping, photogrammetry. Yeah. And now it's satellite imagery yeah. and um, uh, infrared mapping. There's um, any number of any number of ways to draw a map, and depending upon how precise you need it, you match that method. Um, to what you want. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. So, yeah. Hey, so I'm going to take a quick break here, uh, we'll get a word from our sponsors in, and we'll be right back. If you think you need some work, head over to nhpresentshow.com slash self-author and check out our self-authorship program. It's fantastic. I absolutely love the program, and it's focused on helping you align your past, present, and future. The, the number of land surveyors mm-hmm. is, uh, and I, I take this as opportunities to just plug our profession. Yeah. And in New Hampshire, there are 365 licensed land surveyors. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do anything with a boundary, you have to have a licensed land surveyor. Yeah. If you're a construction company and you want to lay out uh, storm drains, sewers, electricity, uh, manholes, telephone, anything of that sort, you do not have to be a licensed land surveyor. So that's the construction aspect of it. But if you get involved with boundaries at all, you must be licensed. This is the same with, um, I'm going to say, every state in the United States. Yeah. Um, engineers, civil engineers can survey. They can do surveying work. Mm-hmm. And that falls in uh, their category of civil engineering infrastructure improvements. If you are a septic system designer, you can do survey work that's necessary for the design and installation of a septic system. Architects can do land surveying work. The only key part is boundaries. If you deal with boundaries, it has to be a licensed surveyor. Yeah. There's um, anyone that wants to have a career that is partly outside, partly inside, partly history, research, technology, a surveyor is a good position for that. Yeah. So that's actually a really good question. Because um, I know some industries like contractors, uh, electricians, you know, all those plumbers and stuff like that, that they've taken a hit over the last, uh, I don't know, 20 years or so where they're having a hard time getting new people filling in. Is it the same? You kind of seen the same thing in surveying? Yes. Yes. Nationwide, it is a, it is a problem. Yeah. Um, the, when the economy is good, everyone wants to be a surveyor or they want to be a framer and they want to build houses. Yeah. But when the economy gets slow and um, layoffs come, then people who, people who do not have a real interest in land surveying, they find other careers to go into. Yeah. One of the problems is uh, education, as always. It's not necessary, in New Hampshire, it is not necessary to have a four-year degree 
to do land surveying. Yeah. It helps. Um, the uh, UNH has or had a, uh, the Thompson School, which provided a two-year degree for civil engineering technology. University of Maine has a four-year degree surveying. There are a number of online courses or classes that you can take. Um, let's see, this is last, this is April, April is uh, January. Late December, early January, I found out that there was a course being offered by the University of Maine. It was online, and it was photogrammetry 101. It's yeah. just the very basics. Yeah. And it's been a number of years since I took a course in that. So I said, well, I'll sign up for it. Yeah. And I emailed the uh, director of that department. Got approval as being a veteran and a retiree. Yeah. who's not really retired, Yeah, <laughs> and um, he said, you shouldn't have any problem. You can take the course, and it won't cost you anything. Somebody didn't inform the university yeah. because I got a bill <laughs> in the mail for $3,100 for one course online, yeah. and I said, that's too expensive. I'm not going to take that. Yeah. So that's one of the problems is the, uh, the cost of education. Yeah. Yeah. That's always... There's, there's a lot of things here that um, kind of roll into each other <coughs> from, you know, cost of education to, you know, I don't want to say wages, jobs offer, because I don't know what your industry typically goes under. But, yeah, so there's a lot of problems here that people think they have to go to school to get some of these jobs, when in reality you need to just find someone to work for who can, like, teach you, kind of like similar to what you did back in the day. On job training. Yeah. On the job training. There were... Um, Private companies mm -hmm. like myself, and if you like to work in high-rise construction or uh, highway work, you can join a union. Operating Engineers has a section for land surveyors, and I've been told that it's not uncommon to make 25 to $40 per hour as a union surveyor. That's not bad. That's not bad, no? considering that the average person is supposed to work about 2,000 hours a year. <laughs> You yeah. know, at $40 an hour, that's pretty good money. Yeah. Um, a person who is uh, different parts of the country have different wages. Mm -hmm. uh, anyone who's interested can go on to Facebook or you can just Google it and you'll find, you'll find more information than you can absorb yeah. in a day for uh, career-wise. Um, there are those opportunities where you can just go to work. A young person out of high school can go to work for a surveying company. And um, I would suggest that that person just be honest with the, with the company owner. Tell them, I don't know what this is about, but I like it and I want to try it. Yeah. And I'm willing to work hard. Yeah. Um, if you come in late every day of the week, you're probably going to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. where everything is. And um, I do not know of a single surveyor who's in business for himself that would turn away someone like that. Yeah. We're, we're just a welcoming bunch in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's and when you're struggling to pull on, you know, people that can continue the profession, it's like, well, we kind of need to, you know, get new people out there yeah. and doing it or else eventually you're going to have, tons of um 
I almost want to say jobs that are on the market, but there's no one to fill them. And then all the people that, you know, have these legal requirements for surveyors won't be able to do, won't be able to find people to do it. That's very true. Yeah. That's very true. And um, in, in the states, I would say most, most every United States has the requirement for a land surveyor, a boundary mm-hmm. surveyor. They're the only ones that can establish boundaries. Can't be an attorney. You can't be a, uh, a doctor, lawyer, Indian yeah. chief. You have to be a land surveyor to establish a boundary. Yeah, that's and um, I would say fifty percent of our work is in the field, finding landmarks that are called for by property deeds, hmm. finding them, drawing maps of them, uh, and the other fifty percent of the time is uh, making maps deciding land record research, deciding on what physical features constitute a, uh, a landmark or a boundary. Yeah. And so there's, there's a little bit of everything. When I started, there was a requirement for, uh, in Connecticut, the requirement was for 12 years of continually uh, responsible charge. So you start out as a basic field person and you work your way up over a period of 12 years if you have no education, no formal education. And then that allowed you, once you you fulfilled that requirement, it allowed you to sit for an examination. And they have um, two exams. One is called the Fundamentals of Land Surveying, which before it used to be called the SIT. It's basically mathematics. It's an eight-hour exam. Mm Mm-hmm. And the following day was a eight-hour exam on legal principles. Yeah. So that's law. That's the two two big parts, and they still have that still today the same format, except the uh, the national exam is given the same day. The fundamentals of surveying is given the same day all over the United States, and the legal aspects are administered by the state, which you want to be licensed in. Uh, for example, in the New England states, or all of the original 13 colonies, we have a different set of land title requirements. We have meets and bounds. Yeah. You know, you start at the, people laugh, you start at the tree, and then you go north for <laughs> 200 rods into a rock, and things yeah. like that. Where if you're in the, uh, what they call the PLS states, their uh, rectangular land system. So there's a difference. Yeah. So each state has their own specific requirements. They all require examination. And it's, it's tough in some yeah. cases. Yeah. <laughs> that must be fun to look up a deed that's like, oh, man, I have to go from the rock to the tree. To <laughs> it is. It's very much that way. It's yeah. very much that way. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's pretty cool. So, people that want to reach out and get a hold of you, uh, learn more, maybe find out more about the industry, how do they do so? Uh, they can contact uh, myself. I have a website. Um, they can contact the New Hampshire Land Surveyors Association, and that's a, a good place to start. You get a good basic understanding of what's happening. The uh, Land Surveyors Association has uh, sponsors. They sponsor, have scholarships for people who are interested in surveying. Or you can just go knock on the door of some surveyor and say, tell me about your business. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, um, although I would say most people associate land surveying with 
rugged men. That's not the case. There have been women in land surveying for years, for actually generations in some instances. Mm -hmm. New Hampshire has uh, a number of women who have become licensed. They started out at the very uh, beginning, early part of uh, surveying, and they've worked their way up, sat for the examination, passed, and are um, every bit as good, if not better in some cases, than than old-timers like me. <laughs> they're, they're, they're in tune with technology. Yeah. And uh, just the very nature, um, I think they are better suited for resolving boundary disputes. They're more patient than most of us guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, awesome. So thank you so much for joining me today. This was a lot of fun, and I didn't know a whole lot about this industry, so it's kind of nice to learn some new stuff. Well, you're very welcome. I wish it could be longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for watching. Um, I'll roll out with a last word from our sponsors, and everyone be good. If you're a long-standing fan of the New Hampshire Business Show, you know that I love books. <clears throat> so if you have any that you would like to donate to the show to improve my library, <laughs> uh, head over to nhbusinessshow at gmail.com and uh, help support us today.